thank all everybody. The choir did a wonderful job this morning. Appreciate that and the specials and encouragement. Thank you girls for all you've done. I'd like you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and find the book of First John. First John in your Bible this morning. You say, I thought we we're done with that book. Well, we are. But I want to, Lord's laid something on my heart, and I pray that what we say today will be an encouragement. In fact, we're going to talk about this for the next few weeks. First John chapter number 5, find that place near the back of your Bible. I'm going to touch on today some things we said last week, so if you hear some repeats, it's, don't, get, don't go to sleep on me as we want to encourage you again, remind you, and we will take this a little bit further than we went last Sunday. Uh, we briefly touched on it. It was part of the five points that we brought out last Sunday, but the Lord, again, I said, burned in my heart about this topic, and so uh, the next few weeks we're going to be talking about the topic of prayer. What is prayer? And and how the Christian can pray uh, so that we know God is going to hear and answer us. We don't want to throw things up and just hope something sticks. We want to pray in a, in a right way and in a way that God will answer us. And last Sunday morning we uh, touched on this and we're going to again uh, with some other verses of scripture and, uh, and help us to pray. One of the things that God commands us to do is pray. And probably one of the least things that Christians do is pray. We'll read our Bible, we'll go to church, we'll even witness, but how often does the Christian really spend time in prayer? We sing a song, Sweet Hour of Prayer, and, and uh, it would be difficult and embarrassing to say, how, when was the last time anybody spent an hour in prayer, talking to God? Do you, something we're not ready to talk about, because it's something we so seldom do. We read our Bible and we see the Lord Jesus Christ spending all night in prayer. And we think, well, how, how in the world did he do that? I, I try to pray at night, next thing I know, I'm waking up. And I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Or we pray and our mind drifts and our mind wanders and we're on concentrating on other things instead of communicating with our Father in heaven. <clears throat> so in 1 John, chapter number 5, and this concludes our service. All right. <laughs> Good to see you, sir. How you doing? Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here today. First John chapter 5, verse number 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. Father, we're thankful we can come this morning. Thank you for the privilege of prayer to walk before the creator of the universe and to make our heart known. Not only to make it known, but to ask. You've invited us to come boldly to your throne and it's a throne of grace, and we're thankful for that. And we need grace now in this hour, Lord, with all that's going on with the children next door and the young people downstairs, and in this service that the Spirit of God would have His perfect will and way in every heart. Lord, all of us as children of God should be men and women of prayer, powerful in our prayer life, so that heaven moves and shakes when we approach the altar. We ought to see daily answer to prayers every single day in our life, 
Help us, dear God, and teach us how to pray right, that you'd be pleased and, and glorified in the answering of it. Bless now, and if anybody here today is not saved, Father, we pray and ask you, Father, to please save them and help them to understand the gospel. We ask and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And 1 John, John is writing to the church. He's encouraging the church here. As he's finishing out his epistle, he gives them five points. We gave those five points last Sunday. And one of those points is the, is the promise of prayer. He encourages us, first of all, in the first 11 and 12 verses there on the subject of our salvation. That if we're saved, we know we're saved because we have Jesus Christ. We have believed upon that name. And we believe by faith. Faith makes us believe that God has said something and we're going to act upon what God has said. That's what faith is. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark. It's not what you invent. But faith is, prom is believing in the promises of God. That God said this and so therefore it's true and I believe it. I'm resting on what God said. It's not me working up something or trying to make myself believe something. No, it's what God has said. And God has said that if I believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I have the right Christ, by the way, the Christ of the Bible, and know I'm a sinner and condemned, but Jesus Christ loves me, that he died on Calvary's cross, he was buried, and he rose again the third day, if I believe that and will ask him to be my Savior, God will give me eternal life. And he says that he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's that simple. If you're saved today, you're saved because you have the Son. If you're not saved today, it's because you don't have the Son. That's as simple as that. Salvation is found in Christ and Christ alone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me, said our Savior in John's Gospel. Now, when we know we're saved, we understand that we have been born again by the Spirit of God. Then we can go to our Father in heaven and we can pray. And the Bible talks a lot about prayer. We see prayer all throughout our Bible. We see God encouraging us in the business of praying, where God invites us to come to his throne and to make our petitions known. Open thy mouth wide, the Bible says, and I will fill it. Come unto me and, and, and ask, the Bible says. We're to seek the Lord. We're to pray. We're to knock. All these invitations are in the Bible. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We ought to be praying and asking God. Well, how do we pray and what are we asking for? Well, who, first of all, as we've seen that this promise is made clearly, this verse is teaching that those who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior are invited. They're invited to come to this throne of mercy. God wants us. As children, we are to come. So clearly there's an invitation. Oftentimes, we may not have an invitation. Years ago, Miss Rejoice is here. I've told this story before, but we were at a wedding with her father, and we're sitting there enjoying the wedding, and, and, and her father looked at me, and he said, you know, really, we don't know a whole lot of people here. He said, we can do this every Saturday night. We can just go down to one of these places and just walk in and enjoy the, the cocktail hour and eat the appetizers. Jim was the wedding crasher before there was the wedding crashers. And, and I, we smiled and said, you know what, that's not a bad idea. You probably could do that, walk into some fancy schmancy place one day and just walk around and, and eat the hors d'oeuvres all night. But if they catch you, then you're in trouble. But if you have that wedding invitation, you're free to walk around there and then later on and sit down at the table that's been reserved for you 
and to enjoy the meal. When Nate got married years ago, we were sitting there with the, his pastor from New York, and, and he's filling up on the appetizer. I said, well, take it easy on those things. I said, we're going to go in for the, uh, the, the, the main meal later on. He goes, the main meal? Because I thought this was it. I said, no, 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 this is, this is the, we're in the bullpen right now. We're warming up. I said, this is all the, 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 the foo-foo stuff, but it's really good, amen? I said, we're going to go inside later on, and we're going to sit down at our table, and you'll get a choice of probably three or four entrees, and mostly a steak will be on there, and we're going to have a good time. So I didn't know that. And so, yes, yeah, that's good. He said, but you got the invitation that lets you into that room to enjoy all the good things. Well, my friend, when I have Christ, when I have the Son of God, what allows me to enter into God's presence? Because righteousness must be worn. I have no righteousness, so I cannot get in. But when I have the Son, I wear His righteousness that He has given to me. And now I have the privilege of walking into the very throne of God and making my petitions known. So again, the promise is made to Christians. And we must pray. And when we pray, we must know that God hears us. I don't know how it is, but my wife likes to give me a quiz every now and then. Every man here can testify, but just don't say nothing. After I'm done, my wife will say, well, what do you think? And I'll be like, sounds good. You weren't listening to me, were you? Like, yeah, you said, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go to that store later on. I said that 10 minutes ago. Uh, then then the, the panic ensues, and I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetheart, I was... So blinded by your beauty, I, I couldn't concentrate anymore on the topic here at hand. And hopefully she's downstairs and probably listening on the monitor down there, listening to what i got to say. Now, men, don't say nothing. Just sit there and act like you've never done that before in your life. Amen? <laughs> well, we're guilty sometimes of not listening. In school, the teacher is asking questions, and you're like staring out the window. Wish I was outside. Wish I was a mailman. Look at him, just walking down the street, doing nothing. Here I am, stuck in this class. But your mind is wandering. And then, Matt, come to the blackboard. What? And then you do the walk of shame as you walk down to the blackboard to solve a puzzle that you have no clue. So you just start making up answers, get yelled at, and go back to your desk and call, call it a day. Well, I want to go to God. I want to know God hears me. How do I know God hears me? He says in verse number 14, and this is the confidence you ought to circle that word confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So God encourages us to pray, and we can have the confidence that when we pray, that God hears us. Well, what confidence? That if it's according to his will. Now, I used an illustration last week about wanting a motorcycle when I was a kid so I can go dirt biking down the Meadowlands. Mom said no, because that was not according to mom's will in my life. But there were other things that I, I could ask, and, and mom would freely give them to me, knowing that these were needs in my life and something I, I had. Mom, my sneakers wore out today. Okay, well, after school, we'll go up to the avenue. We'll buy you another pair of sneakers. Mom, my pants got a hole in them. All right, we'll go later on. When, when your dad comes home, we'll ride down to the store. Two guys, will, and we'll pick up some more pants for you. Mom, I'm hungry. Hang on, supper's almost ready, and we'll have supper in just a few minutes moments. Mom, uh, my pillow's wearing out. Okay, later on we'll go to the store. We'll get you another pillow. Mom, I saw this blanket. I'd really like this patriotic blanket. I did, by the way. That's a true story. Ma, and she said, well, we'll see what we can find and, and buy you the, the, the patriotic blanket and get what you want there. 
Mom, I, I, I need this. Okay, we'll work on that. And get, I was asking things according to mom's will. Hey, mom, I want to uh, burn the house down. Is that okay? No, you can't do that. That's not going to be allowed. Hey, mom, I, w- I want this dirt bike. No, you can't have the dirt bike. Hey, mom, I want to go out drinking today. No, you're not going to be doing that. Those were not according to my mom's will or my dad's, but whatever was according to their will, I was able to get. So I want to pray and I want to ask God things that God says, yes, I can be more than happy to do that for you. And bless you with that. So how do I pray so that I know that something is according to the will of God? Well, take your Bible and you keep your finger here. You might need that a little bit later on. But find the book of James in your Bible, the book of James. James has a lot to say about the business of prayer and how we can pray. In James chapter number 1, just turn a few pages back, you'll find James. If you come to Hebrews, you went too far, and, and uh, you'll find James there. And James chapter number 1 and verse number 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and shall be given him. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven, of the sea driven. In the wind, tossed and fro. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Here the Bible says that we can ask for wisdom. Now in the context of the chapter, James is talking about dealing with trials in our life. And when I go through trials in my life, I want to know how to handle that trial. And what I need is wisdom and how to handle that trial. So how, how do I get wisdom? Where do I get it from? Well, the Bible says I, I'm to ask God. God, I need wisdom in this situation. God says he'll give me that wisdom. Now, he's not talking about go to God for wisdom. I want to do a brain surgery tomorrow. God, give me wisdom on that. That's not going to happen. But in this situation, when I'm walking with God, I'm serving God, I can ask God for wisdom to deal with the situations I'm going. God, how do I handle what I'm going through? And God says, well, ask me. I'll give you the wisdom you need in that hour to help you. You'll think you thought it. You'll think that you came up with it. You'll pat yourself on the back later on until you realize it was me doing it for you. So the Christian must go to God and ask him, God, give me wisdom. And my prayer is, God, give me wisdom so I know how to pray. I don't want to be like a child who just asks for 10,000 things out of the toy catalog, but I want to pray right so that I know that I will get from God what is according to his will. So I'm to pray with his wisdom. And the Bible says in John 5.14 that we have confidence that God hears us. And we ought to go to God with confidence that God's going to hear me. And so often we go to the throne of God in prayer and we don't have any confidence. Well, I hope God hears me. I, I hope he's listening. I'm going to do this and, and, and hope he answers. Well, that's not what the Bible says. My Bible says I'm to go to God with confidence. As long as I know that my heart's right and I'm not in open rebellion against God, that I can go to my Father and say, Father, here's what I need. And and, and ask from Him what it is I need. We can even pray when there's really no definite promise in the Bible. Now again, there's a lot of things in the Bible that we are told is the will of God. Does God want you to starve to death? No. Matthew... And the Lord taught us to pray. Uh, he said, you know, 
uh, give us this day our daily bread. Now, we're not to recite that, but that's a, it's a, thing, it's a list of things that we're, we can pray for. I need daily bread. Lord, can, we need food today. And the child of God should go to his father and pray when they need food and expect God to provide food. We sing that great song, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." just to take him at his word. Well, the, the dear lady who wrote that song, her, they were, her and her family went to the beach and her husband saw a man drowning out there in the ocean and he ran into the ocean to save the drowning man and, and the man in his panic grabbed her husband and they both went down to a watery grave and perished that day, leaving Mrs. Stead to raise her children alone. Back in a day and time when women were not out in the workforce as much and so she learned to pray. And she, and God, the, the children need groceries today. And she would go to the door, there would knock at the door, and she'd open the door, and nobody was there, but there would be a bag of groceries there. And she wrote that wonderful hymn, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus," just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him, o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace, that I can trust him for more. Why are you trusting God for groceries when God can do so much more? We think so little of what God can do. But when we don't have a definite promise, when there's something we're not sure about, well, how can I approach God? Well, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, go to the book of Romans, if you will. You have a friend, my, fr my friend. You have somebody to help you to pray. And so often, the child of God relies so little on his blessed friend who dwells within, our teacher, our comforter, and our guide into all truth. So when we are struggling, and the Bible says in verse number 26 of chapter number 8, the pinnacle, the steeple of the Bible, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, Romans 8, 26. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. He's not talking about your illnesses or the fact that you're sick and you've been uh, coughing all week or you had a stomach virus. Your infirmity is that you don't know how to pray right. Your infirmity is your weakness and that I'm not sure what I'm even praying about or if I can pray for this. So in my infirmity, in my struggle, for, he says, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Here the Bible says, my friend, when I don't know how to pray, when I am weak in my prayer life or my prayer mind, knowing I don't know if this is what God would be pleased with and I don't know how to pray, I am to rely upon my, the Holy Spirit of God, my friend, who's, who dwells within me, who sealed within me the day I got saved. And my friend, the Holy Spirit of God will guide me and help me in how to pray. And to pray right and according to the Father's will. Because if the Father knows the Holy Spirit and the Spirit knows the mind of the Father. And since He dwells in us, He will guide us in how we can pray. You know the story. You read my book. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you, you kind of keep it there for because it looks good on the shelf. Amen. I know that guy. I wrote. I know that. I don't bother reading it, but I know that guy. He's famous, and and you can brag about knowing me. Amen. That and ten bucks at Starbucks will help you out. Now, and so you. Uh, 
But you know, as I was traveling on that train, I knew I said, I said I'm not going to make it to D.C. This train, everything's bad. Everything's going wrong on this trip. And I have to not only get to D.C., but from D.C. I have to get to Dulles, and that's another 30 minutes. And I don't know how I'm going to make 6 o'clock plane because everything is a, it's a long story. But I'm sitting on that crowded train, which is overloaded with people because the flights have been canceled because of the Nor'eastern that weekend. And I'm sitting on that train thinking, I'm not going to make it to, to, to D.C. I'm just not going to make it. This is, this is insane. I'm going to get down there. And, and, and the plane's going to leave. i got four hours to do all this, and I'm on this train, which the cars are moving faster than I am as I'm looking out the window. I said, this is it. I'm, I'm dead. Oh, well. But the Holy Spirit of God began to impress on my heart. Matt, why don't you pray? Now, I can't explain it. I can't describe it. I just know that the Holy Spirit of God was telling me, Matt, why don't you pray? And I said, Lord, am I going to make it my flight tonight? And the Lord whispered back, he said, Matt, you're going to make your flight tonight. Now, I don't want to look like a sissy, but I began to cry on the train because God had answered my prayer. So I crowd on this train, everybody's standing around me, and I'm sitting there and putting my head down. I had a guy next to me, and I'm trying to look like I'm doing stuff besides crying. Amen? Because, you know, I said, look, and, and it, like the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart that I can keep asking. And I said, Lord, am I going to be the last one on that plane? And he said, yes, Matt. You're going to be the last one on the plane. But you'll be on the plane. Now, it's a long story, and you ought to read the book because it's exciting. And a, and, a, and, 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 a, and a New York number one Times bestseller. But I was the last one on that plane that night. First class was not happy with me. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but I, I've got, I got on that plane. My friend... That's just an example of what God will do when you don't know how to pray. And you're facing infirmities. God, the Holy Spirit inside of you, will help you to pray. Now, again, I had to do a lot of running. I did some things and wore myself out, and, but I got there. And the Lord never says, just take your time, relax, and just, no, no, Matt, you move it, fat boy. Run down, run down the hallway here and move it. And, 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 and I got there, sweating and, and they're probably waiting for to bring CPR out to me, but I got there, and, but I was there. My friend, we pray because we know God hears us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit when we pray to make known to us what is the will of God in the matter in which we're praying and to show us that it's according to His will. So our prayer life as we pray, is a lot of it's based upon the Holy Spirit of God. Spirit of God, I don't know what to pray. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know about this situation. I can't find a verse in the Bible that says, you know, uh, this situation... So what do I do? The Spirit of God is there for you. I'd like you to go to your Bible to Mark's Gospel, chapter number 11. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 11. In Mark's Gospel, number 11, our Savior is talking about prayer. And if you want to know about prayer, you always go to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Amen? Uh, I always like to read about experts, not the guy who says, I, I think I want to try that. Remember that commercial years ago? The guy standing there with the water hose, they always wanted to fix the transmission. Well, I, I said, I don't, I, I want to know, I never prayed, but I think I'm going to give it a shot. I, 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 say, God, I'm not, I don't want to listen to you. I want to go to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 11, Jesus answering, verse 22, 11, 22. Jesus answering, said unto them, have faith in God. 
For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he asks. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand, stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. There's a lot to unpack, and we'll get to this in the weeks ahead. But I want to make a point here where the Bible talks about have faith in God in verse number 22. We're to pray, and our prayers are to have faith in God. Uh, recently, I saw somebody who was sick, and they, they died, uh, and, uh, and the person was interviewing before they passed away about a year ago, and they said, well, how are you getting through all this illness? And they said, oh, my faith. I said, well, this is good. Let me hear what they have to say. And they said, your faith? He said, yes, my faith has really gotten me through this. That was it. That's all they said. Well, that doesn't help me to understand you say, well, they, they mean faith in God. Well, no doubt, but see, when we say we have faith and we say it like that, what we're saying really is I have faith in my faith. And God never tells us to have faith in our faith. <laughs> I am to have faith in what God is doing what, and who God is. My faith rests upon him, not that I have a really strong faith. Then you're bragging about you. Prayer doesn't have to be, faith doesn't have to be strong in order for God to answer it. We can have weak faith and God will still answer. The man looked at the Lord Jesus Christ and, and Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? And what did the man say? Yes, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. God never, God always sees the faith. He's not, they do believe me. They're not struggling because they haven't trusted me enough yet to see that I'm able to take care of all this for them. And your strength and faith will be strengthened as you grow and mature and you see God is faithful. And you see God will take care of you. So our faith is in God. We're to trust God. So we go back to what uh, James tells us where he says that we're to have, we're to, if anybody lack wisdom, we're to, to ask of God who give it to all men liberally. So again, my faith is based on what God has promised and said he'll do for me. He also says in James, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And again, the idea is God doesn't want us doubting him or, or being tossed about. To pray in faith, first of all, we have to study the word of God. I have to know my Bible and what God is pleased in answering and what, what would displease God. I have to find out the promises of God. Where are God's promises? I knew somebody once who highlighted their Bible with a green highlighter, highlighting all the promises in the Bible. And we sing that wonderful song, all the promises in the book are mine. Every verse, every something, every line. <laughs> something, but, but, but. I, I should memorize the song. Amen if I'm going to sing it. But, but all the promises in the book are mine. I can claim this promise that God made. God's speaking to me because God's book is for me. So we build our prayers on the written word of God. I like what King Hezekiah did when Sennacherib surrounded Jerusalem. And he, he took out the letter of Isaiah, opened it up, and he prayed with that letter open, saying, Hey, God, you said you'd deliver us. 
God, you, you told me right here in your word that Sennacherib wouldn't defeat us. And, and God, we, there's no way we can defeat that army. And that night, Sennacherib and his army packed up and left. And when Sennacherib got home, his own boys killed him. But he prayed with his, that letter open. My friend, when was the last time you prayed and you said, God, you promised. Well, God will get mad at me. I don't think he does. He's, he wants us to do that. He wants us to know the book and go to it and point something out. And ask him for it. Praying in faith. Praying in faith, my friend, is intelligent praying. I'm not just to pray ignorantly. I'm to have intelligent praying. You know, God created us, and one thing God gave us was a brain. Now, it's, it, I don't know this to be a fact, but I've all, we all heard that we, we all use less than 10% of our brain. Again, I don't, I don't know how they know that stuff, but they, somebody out there said that. And, and so that's scary. We've got a bunch of stuff up there just doing nothing, collecting dust. And I've met some people, I'm sure they're, they're on 1%. Amen. You ever meet some people it's like, dude, this, this guy, the, the wheel's spinning, but the hamster's dead. It's just something wrong with this guy. Amen. And so there they are. But God gave us a brain. And the purpose of this brain, my friend, is for the purpose of thinking, to know, to knowledge. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. So God created us with this brain for the purpose of thinking, to be intelligent on a thousand things. But also, as a Christian, I'm to pray intelligent prayers. Say, no, that's, that, that would not be what God wants. But this is what God wants. And I can go to God in prayer and ask. So I'm to have faith. Jesus did not say, have faith. Back there in, in Mark's gospel. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And again, some people say, I got really strong faith. Again, that's, you're, you're being very vague in, in your comments there. I have faith in God. I have no confidence in me, but I have faith in God, that God's able to do these things. Faith has to have an object, and that object, my friend, better be God. Not that I, I, I'm going to have positive thoughts and think happy thoughts. You know, there was a guy, preacher years ago in the 50s wrote a book, The Power of Positive Thinking. And, and listen, he, got so, he was so positive that he wasn't going to die that they buried him one day. And he's still buried because he died. Positive thinking it, it can be good, and you ought to have some confidence about yourself sometimes. But at the end of the day, my confidence is in God. My faith rests in God. Faith has no value by itself. Only the object of God has value. So I'm having faith in what God can do. The Bible never says to have faith in faith, and yet this is the experience of so many. And too often a great difficulty or problem arises, and the believer feels he has to arouse his faith. I better stir it up, and I better really think positive. No, I'm just going to have faith that God will help me. Hey, Jesus, please, I need something right now. And and, and listen, sometimes you can pray for something that you're going to do, and sometimes you find yourself in the middle of something where you just need an answer right then and there, where Peter steps out in the water and begins to sink, and he doesn't have time. I better get my faith worked up here. And, and <laughs> No, he's sinking, getting ready to drown. Lord, save me! There you go, Peter. In the boat you go. <laughs> he had faith that Jesus would save him and not let him drown there on the sea. So again, faith itself has no power. It's the object that has power. A man's faith is not going to remove the mountain. It's God that's going to remove the mountain. 
Oh, he's a great man of faith. And again, we understand that, but again, I, it, it can be misleading that that person has something that we don't. If they have the same God we have, then it, there's no difference. We have God we're approaching. So you can walk before God and into the very throne room and say, Father, and you may be all timid and shy and worried, and, and, and God will receive you just as much as the guy who kicks the door and says, hey, God, I need something. Because you have faith in God, and they have faith in God. It's God doing the work. The strength of faith, again, is not faith, but God. In the Bible, practically everyone who came to God had weak faith. Don't ever believe that everybody in the Bible was this great superhero. Jesus looked at people and said, great is her faith. And he looked at the disciples, how come you boys have no faith? <laughs> the, the, the preachers. <laughs> We're always getting, you guys have no faith at all. But here comes this lady over here, she's got faith. The woman with the issue of blood, said, if I can just but touch the, the hem of his garment, I could be made whole. She had faith that if she just could touch the master, she could be made whole. She had no faith in herself, but she had faith that Jesus could do something for her. My friend, if we just had walked in the throne room of God, said, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment, it's going to be okay. If I know God hears me, I know it's going to be okay. And understand that touching the hem of his garment and what we find in 1 John about him hearing us is the same thing. God's going to do something. And God's going to help me in this hour, in this trial, in this need. Faith requires knowing the object. And, 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 and the, the, one we, the more we know the object, which is God, the more faith we'll have to ask him. The hero of my faith, George Mueller, started out feeding uh, just a, a dozen orphans when he opened his orphanage. He prayed for everything, asked God for everything, opened the orphanage, and, and nobody showed up. He stood there. I got workers. I got beds. I got food. I got everything. But there's no orphans. And God said, well, you didn't ask me for orphans. Oh. So we prayed, dear Jesus, give me orphans. Next day there's a line around the block. And on his dying day, he was feeding 2,000 orphans three meals a day in the homes that he had built there in Bristol, England. And he fed them on prayer and prayer alone. Mr. Mueller, how much do you need? You go to God in prayer and ask God how much we need, and God will lay it upon your heart to tell you how much we need. He never told anybody what he needed. He always just told God, believe this book, that God answers prayer. My friend, we go to God, and as we... As we learn with Mr. Mueller, and we learn with so many people in the Bible, we just go to God. God will take care of us. We, the girls sang the song about the, the men in the fiery furnace. You know, the men, they stood before the king, Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, you know, we're not going to bow down and worship you. If you throw us in the fiery furnace, our God's able to deliver us. But if not, <laughs> but if not, <laughs> even if he don't, we're still not going to bow down and worship you. They had faith even though it may seem like their faith was a little shaky there, but when they got thrown in the fiery furnace, we know that Jesus was walking in the fire with them. Well, I like the, I get to heaven, I'm going to ask to see that, that videotape, amen? I want to see that one. I want to put that one in there, amen? I, I, want to, I want to watch this. I want to see Nebuchadnezzar's face. That's what I'm really going to be zeroing in on. We throw three guys in there? Yeah. Well, how come there's four of them walking around in there? <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff right there. Get out of there. Imagine yelling, get out of there. And they come walking out like, here we are. We don't even smell like smoke. 
I have a superpower, by the way. No matter where I sit, that's where the smoke will end up. Amen? I can move like the, a clock around that fire, and the smoke will follow me. It's like, I don't know. My friend, so when we think about praying, we're to come boldly to the throne of grace, and we're to trust God. We do a lot of things by faith. We believe a lot of things in life. We put faith in a lot of things that, that things will help us. A second thing to note about faith is its purpose, and closing out here, the purpose of, of faith is to remove mountains. And Jesus says, have faith in God. Now, am, am I to, to remove uh, a mountain? Well, no, because then Josh would have nothing to climb on. I'm, and by the way, that's how I do it. I'm not going to climb the thing. It's like, get the thing out of the way so we can go through it. Amen? Kind of like 280 at East Orange. We just blow a hole through it and go up the hill here. But some guys like climbing them things, and God bless them. I don't know how you do it. I look those guys up like... This is why God made ground, amen. This is why, this is terra firma. I like that, amen. I, only, I saw that movie with, with Sylvester Stallone, that girl falling. I, I still have nightmares with that one scene. So, And I don't bounce like I used to, amen. I hit the ground, it's just done. As a kid, I could bounce, but now just, just like, Jesus, take me home. So again, God doesn't want to, I think it's, it's figuratively speaking. Jesus never moved a mountain, but my friend, there's obstacles in our life that this, something has to be done. Something has to be taken care of. God can do this. And, and, and this reason Jesus discussed prayer and his communion along with faith. One learns to have faith in God as he prays and communes with God. And the more he prays and communes with God, the more he will know God. You know, I first met my wife. She came sitting next to me. And you can't blame her, amen. She wanted to sit next to me. And so uh, I, I stole her keys that she put down next to me. And this way she would look for them and she wouldn't get away. And so that's how you do it, guys. You've got to trap these girls, amen. And so I sat there and she's, we're talking and carrying on and trying to watch a football game. And then later she got to leave and she's, where's my keys? I'm like, oh, where are they at? I don't know. So this is how slick I was. And so... I got to know her, and then we talked a little bit later on, then we got to talk more and talk more, and then we went on, on a date. The first date, we went to a Pizza Hut. That's back when they had a salad bar and glasses, and you were like kings sitting there in Pizza Hut back in those days, and it was a wonderful thing. Second date, I took her to Poe Folks, and uh, you know that story. But I got to talking to her and commune with her and got to know her more. And I said, you know what, this might be the girl that the swine man We'll hold out the scepter too and let her into the pr my presence. Amen? I sure hope she's not listening. But I got to know her and talked with her. Well, I, I, how do I know God? Well, my friend, when was the last time you spent time in this book? And when was the last time you got down and prayed? When was the last time you got down alongside your bed and knelt in prayer alongside your bed and communicated with God? So again, we're to pray, asking, and in faith, in God, and, and, and what God has said, and are to have intelligent praying according to the will of God. Now, there's a thousand more things we need to cover, and we will cover those in the weeks ahead, but it encourages us here this morning to know that God is inviting us, that God wants us to pray, and he says, if I hear you, because your prayer is according to my will, I'll answer you. I'll, I'll, I'll deliver you. I'll... Give what you need in that hour. And the greatest prayer that God ever wants to hear from somebody is, is, is for the prayer of a sinner who cries out for salvation, says, Jesus, save me. God always answers that prayer. And then as a child, we can go to our Father and, 
and make our petition known and, and plead with him and get the petition that we ask of him. Let's stand together for prayer. Father, we do thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for Christ who loved us and died for us. And what a privilege it is to pray, to make our petition known to you, our God. As Mr. Screbin so eloquently wrote so many years ago, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to, to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Help us to be men and women of prayer, to be teenagers of prayer, to be children of prayer, to make our request known to a, you, almighty God, who wants to hear and answer. Bless now this time and this hour.